Welcome to the B&E Podcast with Brandon Colby-Cook and Evan Schulte. Exploring the creative process and finding the balance between artistry and industry. Entirely uncut and unscripted. Welcome to another B&E Podcast with Brandon and Evan and the podcast. <laughs> the podcast is like an entity of itself. Yeah. It's Hello, a... podcast. Hello. Hello. Um, it has two, <laughs> it has two voices. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, uh, today we're going to talk about if you've read the title or if you haven't, it doesn't matter. We're going to talk about control in artistry, where you're in control, where you're out of control. Um, really kind of being clear about deciphering that line and, um, the other side of that is like where you need to kind of have a certain amount of acceptance and realize that you're out of control. And, and actually I think the only type of control you have when you're out of control is acceptance. You know, mm. it's the only way you can reclaim a certain kind of control. Cause you realize well, I'm so out of control. I'm going to accept that I'm out of control, which in a weird way gives me control. And then yeah. there's other times where you don't want to you're actually in control, but you're not taking control and you just don't know how. And I think we'll, we'll cover a little bit of that as well. Yeah. 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 And, and I think this is a a great conversation because it's really, I think it's really important in terms of our mental state of being. I feel like we talk a lot about topics like that. Hmm. I mean, we try and be practical with, with certain things and, and, and try to say some things that are, um, you know, hopefully inspiring and stuff. We've been, you know, we've had great comments from people saying that they feel inspired after listening to the show. So that's awesome. But, uh, in terms of, I think a lot of mental well being is a lot of what we, we talk about on this show, Yeah, which is extraordinarily important with artistry and, um, and having sort of a, a, a good life, I think is, is a broader thing that, that we discuss on here. And this whole thing with control within our artistry and, and our lives is, uh, is key is really key. Well, and I think, uh, also artists, anybody who's done artistry in any form, have it be screenwriting, filmmaking, acting, painting, musician, there's, we can all probably relate to and and more, but we can all kind of relate to feeling a little bit out of control in our career, feeling like we want certain things, but we don't know how to get them. We don't know if we can get them. We don't know what to do. Um, and feeling a little out of control. And then these other, these other parts of it where we do like, we, we feel like we can control something, but we can't seem to get the result out of it that we want. And meanwhile, maybe we just didn't realize we actually weren't in control of that, Mm -hmm. you know? And I, I, I think like, no one experiences this more in my opinion than an actor, you know, like an actor, you're really putting your, you're putting yourself in the hands of a lot of other people, especially in the film industry. You know, I think if you, if you do theater, I think you have a lot more control. Um, you know, you can put up a play, you can do a lot more. You can, you can make a movie these days, but there's, even when you're making the movie, I mean, someone's still got to, hold the camera, manage the camera. Some still got to direct, you know, and you can try to do all these jobs, but at a certain point you have to kind of realize that you're not in control of certain things. And I think to really be in your acting, 
you know, you have to not worry so much about what everyone else is doing around you, which is also another form of like figuring out where you're not in control. Um, it's still the same for filmmakers. It's still the same for writers and painters and musicians and stuff. But, um, I think really what can be really good here is where we really start to draw this line is like, where, where do I have control and where don't I have control? Where do I need acceptance and where do I need to take control or where do I need to let go of control and accept, you know, like, and truly trying to find that. And I think, you know, this is one of those conversations of like finding that line, finding that balance. I think it all kind of comes down to like one principle. And I think we can kind of dig into this is if you can accomplish it yourself, requiring no other people, but you, then you have control over it. If it requires another person, you're not in control. And I think that, you know, when you look at that, you start to realize, well, there's a lot that I'm not in control of because most things involve other people. Yeah. Um, so how do you navigate and work that when you want to get something done that you know, you're not fully in control of. And like, that's something I think we could all benefit from figuring out because, and, and like how, how much control should we give up and how much should we like trust and accept the people we're working with? Yeah. And, and, and again, not every person is the same. Not every person, um, in my opinion, should be given as much control or say over our, our career. But some people, um, you know, we might want to put more in their hands and it's kind of for us deciphering, you know, why we would do that, who we would do that with, what it would take for us to do that. Um, and where we shouldn't give up any control and we should really retain our own control. Yeah. Um, you know, and finding that line. So anyway, I'm excited to get into this. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot to choose. Yeah. Already. There's a lot of, yeah, there's a whole, there's a whole lot of stew mm-hmm. for us to, uh, to work through in, <laughs> in this one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, where do we begin? Well, let me, okay, let me start with something. Cause, cause I've been, this has been, this part of the reason why I suggested this one is cause I've been struggling with this a little bit is my feeling recently has been feeling this frustration or I don't know if it's frustration, but like lack of motivation, lack of drive, lack of desire, because there's certain things I want to happen where I don't feel in control of. And, you know, we talked a bit about this morning and I'm realizing that I might not actually be in control of some of these things. Whereas there's actually some things I'm in control, but I'm not taking control of them. And so that's kind of what spurred on this topic for me, because I realized if I feel like I can control something, but I actually can't, like, it's just Mm. not possible because I don't like everybody has their own will. Everybody's going to decide what they're going to do. I mean, I can influence and I can encourage and I can enroll and do all that. But like at the end of the day, it's their decision if they're going to do the thing or not. Yeah. Um, so for me, my, my plan right now, before we even got into this call is, or this talk is like, I'm going to step away from this and I'm going to do some small things that I feel 100% in control of that, that rely on no one else but me. Yeah. And they might not accomplish great things or big things, but at least I can start to feel a certain amount of control over my life. Yeah. Cause I think like right now, my big frustration is I have this kind of like screenwriting career. That's like kind of been flourishing in spite of the fact that I've been almost pushing away from it. 
and I feel so out of control all the mm-hmm. time. I just feel like I don't control whether something gets made, if a script's ever like done or, you know, if the money's going to come in for like financing it, you know, there's just so many things. Yeah. And, and this lack of control has been kind of, it's, it's been very, I don't know what the word is, but it's, it's been feeling very like, I don't feel very potent in my life. I don't feel like very, like I'm much making much of an influence in the world. And I might be, but, um, it's not really getting me what I want as quickly as I want. And so for me, I'm kind of, I decided, you know, and this has kind of been happening over the week, but like, I really decided I'm like, I'm going to stop doing things that have, that require a lot of people to do their jobs before they pay off. I want to start doing some things that are smaller that might not have as great results, but I know I can get the result because the only thing that would stop me is I don't do the job. You know? So for example, and I don't know if I'm, I like, it's, it's going to depend on a few things, but, um, making, making a feature film is very important to me. Maybe I just in the next month put together making a, you know, uh, a two person kind of short play or, uh, like put up a play or make a movie, but do something right now that I feel like I can control and make happen is not going to necessarily rely on all these other people. Um, you know, and then from there I can move on to something a little bit bigger, but I think like nothing feels worse to me than feeling like I'm putting a lot of time into something, but I'm not getting anywhere. Like, and I think that's the problem with really big goals is that you kind of work at them, work at them, work at them. It doesn't really feel like you're getting anywhere. And then it kind of like near the end of it, it all of a sudden seems like a lot of stuff happened, but people don't see all the time that was put in to like, kind of get, get there. Right. Like they yeah. just kind of see the end result. And I think if, um, if you don't get any immediate return, at least I find if I don't get any immediate return, I start to get a little bit like, well, what's the point? Like nothing's happening here. Yeah. You know? And, it, and I think like when you're really making a lot happen in your life, you know, you can get a lot of short term wins. You start to be more, uh, you have more in you to kind of go longer term. Yeah. And that's, I mean, huge because this is a long, long game. Right you know, ideally it's a long game. I mean, you're an artist. You, sometimes I think we try, we treat artistry, especially for, I mean, for certain, um, more commercial, uh, art forms and, and industries, acting, um, filmmaking to a degree, writing music for sure. Um, we almost look at it as like a hit and run job. You know, it's just like, you just gotta like, or like, you just gotta go in and hit it hard and be super big, real, real fast or something. Um, but ideally like we're doing art because we're in it for the long game because there's something that we really want to do and, um, and continue to do. And I think that learning where we have control, um, and, and being able to give ourselves, um, that perspective, and create these wins and momentum for ourselves by being able to assume responsibility for what, what we can, uh, only, only helps us to have that longevity because otherwise, and for me, this is the big thing about this conversation for me. It's, it's really the, um, 
about our mental, uh, emotional health to me is what, what control is really all about. Um, not necessarily about like success, although I think that that's part of it and, and where you learn to have control can feed into success. But to me, the the first thing that comes out of it is a healthier state of mind, Hmm. um, and can help give you focus and clarity is what you can really do with understanding where you have control and where you don't. And like you're saying, it's really the stuff, what you have control of is a thing where it's not dependent on somebody else, even though there isn't a huge part to what we do that requires somebody else as artists, we need an audience. (laughs) Like that's a lot of people like that. And that's still the, the end goal to it all is like, okay, well, your audience is like the last people essentially who are brought into the fold. Um, but otherwise there can be a lot of different people who are in between that, you know, you're creating something, there's producers and directors and curators and, you know, that they're in a, to a degree, an audience member as well. But there's a lot of people that start coming into the mix and in terms of achieving that larger audience that you want for your work. Mm. Um, and there's so much that we don't have control there. We can exert some influence in these areas by putting ourselves out there. It's like, you know, it's sending that, that demo to somebody you know, it's like, yeah, you have control over that. So that's in in a lot of ways, that's the win, you know, and learn to accept that that is the win, no matter what comes of it. That's the only part you ever had control of. And by us fighting to have control over things that we don't have control, that's where it becomes super taxing when we're trying to, and, and we're carrying, you know, I think about it like, like, really heavy bags that we're just carrying around with us everywhere we go when we're trying to control things that we don't have control over. It's like, you're just hauling all of this stuff around with you, except it's all in your mind. It's in your mind and your emotions. And it's, it's exhausting. It's exhausting to try and, and just grip and control all of these things that, that you just don't. Mm -hmm. You're it's, it's, it just weighs down on you. Mm. And I think it also confuses and muddles the place you're actually at. You can't even you, it makes you less able to see the things that you are able to do, or at least it distracts you from the things you are actually able to do, um, within your work and for your career. Mm. And then also it helps us to have some perspective when it comes to the rejection that we face as artists, which is more than the average person. Rejection is a huge part of it. And I think that that is one of the things that, um, learning this whole idea of where we, we have some control is, um, is directly beneficial is rejection. It's like, you're going to get rejected. We, we were at a, um, uh, we'd gotten together with some people who we did this, uh, did the mastery with recently. And, um, one of, uh, one of our, our friends, peers, uh, had, was telling us about 
the audition process and, and they had gone and they'd done a class and they'd learned some things about it. And one of the lessons that they had learned was go into the audition saying, I'm not going to like, I'm not going to get the part. Like you immediately just go in saying, I'm, I'm not going to get the part because most likely you're not. That's just the re that's the reality of the situation is most likely you are not going to get it, especially when, I mean, there's, there's very few actors. I would say there's, it's, what would you say it is like 2%? I think it's 2%, like 2%. It's something like 2% of actors make enough money to like, like make money or something like that. It's, it's crazy. Oh, and like then like, there's something like, I mean, and people can debate this, but like people who actually make money and like they make a career out of it is like less than 1%. It's like, you know, like, so 99% of people. And I mean, I think t- statistically, I mean, that's something we all face. And I think if you try to beat those odds and you try to be like, I'm going to like, you know, I'm going to be that exception don't, I I think the thing is, is like, you don't control necessarily the result, but like, I think, you know, in our pure, like the, the, the point that was happening too, is like, don't go an audition needing to book the role for the audition to be a success. I mean, the audition is a success. If you go in and you really like, you really do the best you can do and you really honor what, you know, you felt the character was. And I think that, you know, you beat out a lot of people immediately when you don't worry so much about anything more than what you're in control of. Because when people are trying to control something they don't actually control, they're wasting a lot of energy. They're expending a lot of energy and a lot of thought and effort onto things that are not within their realm of control. Yeah. And I think where um, people succeed in anything, not just in acting, but in life is when they focus on what they can control and and have a clear understanding of what they're out of control of and, you know, try to do their best to work with that, you know, because like, I think there's things that you have control over. There's things that you don't have control over. And then there's a middle ground of things you actually have influence over Mm -hmm. and influence and control are much different. Um, you know, like, you know, people can be, persuaded, people can be enrolled, people can be encouraged, people can, you know, um, have a perspective shift. You can help them with all that. Yeah. But just because you can, doesn't mean that they will. And that's kind of the important thing to recognize is that, you know, I think sometimes we feel like, well, if only I did more, I could have, I could have made this thing happen. It's like, well, not necessarily, you might've done everything right. And you still didn't get it. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, my first directing job that I got hired for, was like, I went in and we had to basically do a pitch. It was a script that was pre-written, but we had to do a pitch and how we would, how we would make it. And I went in with nothing to lose. Cause I was like this young, like young director. I think it was like 21 or something. I don't know, 21, 23, somewhere around there. I don't yeah. really remember now, but, um, several years back. And, uh, anyway, I, um, I went in there and I, uh, it's probably actually 22 now that I think of it, but I went in there and I said, you know, I was like, well, I, the chances of me getting this, like, cause I'm up against directors who are like 40 years old who have done features and stuff. I mean, the chances of me getting this job are like so far out of reach, but yeah. I was like, 
I'm just going to be really, really honest with what I think about this. And, and that's actually what got me the job. But had I gone in there and probably tried to control it and manipulate it and make it the way I wanted, I probably wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's weirdly enough, like, and we talk a lot about this on the show, authenticity and going in without like an, a need for the result is actually often what will get you the result you want. Yeah. And so it's kind of like this weird, like detachment from it where it's like, you know, it's an opportunity as opposed to like, it needs to go a certain way. Like all I could control in that scenario and, um, anyone who's like, you know, a director who's like gotten a job, if you haven't just had it offered to you, if you had to actually like pitch or do anything or filmmaker or whatever, yeah. you know, that if you, you, you know, that the process is like, you don't really determine whether they say yes, but what you do control is, can you, do you believe in what you have? And can you put that forward the best of your ability? And like all, I didn't really know so much at the time, but I think what I did was I controlled what I could control my opinions of the script, my vision of the script, what I thought would be best and my presentation and the way I communicated it. Mm -hmm. Those are all things that I could control, whether they liked that or didn't like that or hired me or didn't hire me. I didn't really have any control over that. What I did have control over was my pitch was my vision and, and whatever. And so I think that as artists, we really need to kind of not take on so much because if I would have not got the job, I mean, even get the job, it doesn't really matter, but don't take getting the job as some type of representation of who you are as a person. Yeah. I think where you like, and that's the thing too, is like, I don't think people who always book the most work or get the most jobs are actually the ones who like, they're not better or the best, but I think like we live in a culture that kind of rewards results. So people get results and then everyone goes, Oh, you did this thing. Or, you know, like, I always find it funny, like, especially when I go scroll through Twitter and someone's like award-winning filmmaker, I'm like the, if, if the award makes you better than other filmmakers, like the award was determined by someone else. Like, I don't know if I would like your film better than everyone else's. Like, I just kind of find it funny. Right. But we live in a bit of a culture where it's like, Oh, I won an award. Like someone else gave me that they validated me. So I'm valuable. But like, you know, I think, um, the, the real pros, like the people who have real big careers, they don't like, I don't, I don't think they walk around going like Oscar nominated Oscar, like other people do that, but they don't necessarily do that. I think like, yeah. they, like they know they have a vision. They know they have something, you know what I mean? I don't know if I was an Oscar winner, maybe I would just start walking around and introduce myself as an Oscar winner all the time. <laughs> Hi, I'm, <laughs> I'm Oscar winning actor, Evan C. Schulte. <laughs> Well, that's the thing, right? Oh, Oscar like, winning actor, Evan C. Schulte. Oscar winning <laughs> actor, Evan C. Schulte. Yeah. No, um, no, no, totally. <laughs> I mean, it would be ridiculous. It's a marketing thing. Yeah. That's really ultimately like, that's what why I, that stuff is used. It's like it, it, it helps to sell future films. Well, and, that's the and, thing about like awards and, and stuff like that is that it's not so much for you as it is for leveraging you. Yeah. You know? Actually, we have a podcast. And if you guys are interested in hearing more about that, it was what was awards, rewards and better reasons or words, yeah, words like and better reasons. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, a that's one. a good one to listen to because I mean, we really talk about how, you know, rewards and awards and all this stuff are really th- th- like, that's not a representation of you. Those are just results that you weren't necessarily in control of. 
the better reasons are the things that are like you expressing your voice, you doing what is authentic to you and being honest and doing what you care about. And I mean, you know, if you do a bunch of work that you don't believe in and you do a bunch of stuff that you, you know, maybe goes against your morals and ethics, but you win a bunch of rewards for it. I mean, is it really worth it? I mean, maybe if you're sociopathic and have no conscience, you know, if you're not going to face yourself, but I think, I think we kind of want more to, to feel like we are living up to what we said we would live up. That's really the reward. Yeah. You know, all the, like the little statues and all that other stuff, you know, those are just other people recognizing it, yeah. which is not, which seems I think fulfilling before you've really kind of gone down the path. But I think you go down the path long enough, you start to realize that all that stuff's kind of meaningless, really. You know, try telling it to someone who's new, they're gonna be like, no, no, you know, I want their work. Yeah. And I mean, I want the recognition. Yeah. And again, there's, it's not to say there's anything wrong with those things and with validation. No, but no. There's, I think a, people should a, be recognized and yeah. get tribute. I, um, I'm not saying that that shouldn't. I just think we shouldn't derive our value from it. Yeah. And it's, yeah. Cause that's a slippery, a very, very slippery slope. And I think that's like what you were saying, like the mental wellness of us, right? If we derive yeah. all of our value from what other people are in control of, I mean, we'll like, if you live for their acceptance, you'll die by their rejection, Yeah. you know, and, and you never know when one or the other is coming. Yeah. And that's, you know, and it's fine when you kind of keep getting accepted, but one day you might start experience rejection and that will be hard because, and yeah. And, and, um, to come back to some of what I was saying, like it's such a small percentage of people who really get to have any sort of like will of like of strong enough influence where they basically do have control over. It's like, well, I'm doing this project. Right. Right. Like there's, there's very few people who can do that. And even people at that level, sometimes they don't always get it. No, they don't. It's like, oh, sir, because guess what? There's another person who's at that level too. And they said they wanted to do it. Right. (laughs) And I, like, I even remember like, um, earlier in my acting career, uh, I'd gone in for this movie, a supporting role in a movie. And I was, uh, auditioned and I, and I went in for the callbacks on it. And I was in there, they were, they were screen like, and during the callback, they were screen testing me with a bunch of other actresses and stuff. Like it was, I, I, I had been there for like an hour or something, just, just doing stuff and like one, just really enjoying it. I had, I had done some like the, you know, the script wasn't the best, but I had found something within the part that I was really super connected to and I just trusted that and was doing my job. Like basically the only part of your job as an actor that you can do, right. Which is my work. Um, and waiting to hear, I felt so good about this thing. I was like, Oh man, like they, you know, they loved it. Like I was working like with the director and he was like, and he, he loved what was going on. He, he was having me like with a bunch of different people to, to play off of and waiting to hear back on it, waiting to hear back, waiting to hear back. And I ultimately didn't get the part. And I was told that I was the director's first choice, but the studio wanted to go with somebody they'd already worked with before. Hmm. So to show you how little control, like I never had control over how, like whether I was going to get the part or not, but even the director of the project didn't have control 
of that. Right. Like, so there's so many levels, but like, yet we will, we will stress out. We will try to, um, you know, we'll try to somehow force our way or think that we, we can force our way into, into being able to do it, to be, you know, and sometimes in art, you know, we think it's like, well, you, you're, you're just so good. They can't say no to you. It's like, they can, Hmm. they absolutely can. (laughs) It doesn't matter if you actually came in and you were the best and they wouldn't even deny that. Say like, no, you were, you were absolutely the best. Your performance was like head and shoulders above anyone else who came in, but somebody just wanted a blonde Right. or somebody who is a little bit shorter well, or yeah. like, you know, because like, Oh, we thought like you were a little bit too tall or you were a little bit too short for who we're going to be casting alongside you. And you just go, are you like, it makes you go, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. But that's, that's the way that this shit goes sometimes. Yeah. Like it's just, there's nothing personal about that. doesn't mean that you're not extraordinarily qualified and talented and hardworking and all of these good things. It just means that you actually don't have control over how this is all going to, going to go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's funny because I mean, you know, I think the lesson of humility is the hardest lesson to learn in life. The one where it's the, the, the lesson of learning how vulnerable you are and learning how out of control you are and learning, um, learning that, your ego can't really protect you. I mean, that's really what humility, I think you, you learn when you experience enough of it. And if you can survive the lesson of humility and come back and not be defeated and not feel, um, somehow less because you realized you're not invincible, that you're not special, that you're not this thing your ego tries to create. Yeah. Um, yeah, some of this is projective, right? But um, when you, when I realized like, and I'm still learning lessons of humility all the time, but like I had to learn some really big ones. I had to eat some humble pie big time. And the hardest part about that was, I mean, just realizing how out of control I was and we all are in life and realizing how vulnerable I was like that things I love and care about things that matter to me can be taken away in an instant. Um, that things I relied on, trusted, counted on can turn on me that all of this stuff that I, that I think is so solid and I can just stand on no matter what is, can just be totally wiped away in, in, in an instant. Yeah. And anybody who's had to eat as much humble pie as me or more, they know what I'm talking about. They're going to get it because they know what it's like to be like, like, it's like free falling. It's, there's just like, you're like, what do I do? I'm like, holy shit. All I can do is accept that, that life is a little bit of a free fall. And while you're free falling, you can kind of figure out how to experience the free fall. And at some point, and we all know it's coming, we're hitting the dirt and we're done and it's over. Yeah. And meanwhile, you're falling. You, you, you have a certain amount of experience over the fall but that's, that's life. And then it's over, you know? And so like when you start, when you, when you start life, you jump out of the plane, you're a little baby, whatever you want to call it, you know, however you want to take this metaphor, it it's the the end seems so far away and the future just seems so bright. You mean you can't even see the ground. 
You know, you don't even know the ground exists. You're in the clouds. You know what I mean? And then at a certain point, you know, I think you go through life and maybe it happens for you a little earlier in life. Maybe it happens for you a little later in life. Eventually some, at some point you start realizing that people can die and that you can die and that things that matter to you can go away and that, you know, um, things you built can be destroyed and that things you hopes you thought you had might not, um, come to you as easily or at all. And I think that's the part where you got to kind of learn to accept that these things you might not control and take the grip off of needing it to be so much that way and enjoy this experience and control what you can of this experience, you know, because, um, you just, you mean, you just don't, you just don't know. And, and so I think as artists, we kind of like, we got to the sooner I think we accept the free fall, the sooner we start to get into reality about that, the sooner we can start enjoying the experience of being artists. I think being an artist in any facet, even if you just find creative ways, even if you're doing some job that's like very, even if you're like a banker, but you find a way to be creative somewhere else. I mean, whatever your creativity is, I think that's always, um, it's always a way of you having self-expression. Artistry and creativity are your self-expression. And I think, you know, we don't necessarily know if our art is going to garner big rewards and results in this world, yeah. or if it's just going to be something we're going to love doing during our life. And that will be all it is. But I think if we're satisfied with it, just being something we love to do in our life, that's the first and most important victory from there. We can build upon a healthy way to start building rewards and whatever. But I think people who get yeah. rewards and you see this all the time, you see young Hollywood, you see young people destroying themselves because they got yeah. the rewards, but they might not necessarily have the love for the actual art they're doing. Yeah. You know, and I think that's, that's, and they, and they, and they take big humility pills too. I mean, we've, how oh, many yeah. people have we seen like drunk driving car accident, you know, cocaine overdose. I mean, if you survive that stuff, you're walking away with a humility pill because you're, yeah. you're walking away going, fuck, I could die. Yeah. And some people don't even get the point of humility. They die and they never even got to learn the lesson. And, you know, I look at like young, young people who did themselves in and I think, man, like they didn't realize how vulnerable they were. Like they like, and that's the thing is like, I think that's the scary thing. A lot of people have around drugs is because you have young people with egos who think they're invincible and they take drugs. And it's like the drugs in themselves are probably not bad, but it's the overdose. That's the scary thing. It's where people take it and they, and they develop an addiction and a problem and an overdose. And that's the thing. Or people think they have control over something they don't have control over as we're talking there about you go. here. So that leads um, into it nicely. But, uh, yeah. And, and absolutely. I mean, especially within, um, within, a lot of these, these bigger industries where big, big movements can happen. You know, it's like, and, and if you think that like you have any, like that you have a lot of control over that, you, you don't like even again, like people who are, who are A-listers who are at the, you know, the top of the food chain as it were, um, they still can't do everything that they want to do. Mm-hmm. They still don't have in complete control over what's over what's going on. I've, I've read enough interviews with great actors and stuff like that. He thinks like, Oh, they can just do whatever they want. It's like, no, no, they can't. They, they can't just do that. You know, like, um, 
actors who, after many years of being like at the top, finally hit a point where they're like, Oh my God, I can finally like leave LA basically. Right. Like that I've, I've and still work and still work. Yeah. Right. Like I, I don't have to actually stay here anymore. Like I can. And even then that's not an easy decision. I'm sure for, for a lot of these people to make either. It's like, Oh, because it still could affect them. Right. You know, it's like, Oh, well my face isn't constantly around these people all the time. Right. Especially in, in something where, again, I think this is where I was going with this was people can come and go. We were in class with somebody who like in an acting class with somebody who very suddenly had been at it for a long time. Um, and very suddenly within like two weeks was suddenly like, like the lead of like a big new TV show and was getting all kinds of offers. Like it just like happened like that. Mm -hmm. And, and they were like in like a doing magazine interviews and photo shoots and stuff like that. And their show got canceled. Um, I haven't heard a peep. Like, Mm -hmm. I know that they're, because they're very talented, Mm -hmm. this person, I'm not going to say who it is, but they're extraordinarily talented, extraordinarily hardworking. Um, and, and I know that they're a strong enough person within their, their artistry and themselves. They're going to continue doing this, but it was one of those things where it's like, it looked like nothing was going to stop this person. Mm -hmm. Nothing was going to like, they were about to like catapult to the, to the top. And then it didn't quite happen that way. Yeah. Right. Well, that's, you know, that's, that's, yeah, that's the tough part about this all. Right. Is, and it, and it has nothing, you know, it, it has nothing to do with that person. I mean, people can, you know, there's, there's cruel people in the world where they can, they can say whatever they, they say about why these things happen, but they're, you know, most of the time what happens is that there's like, there's just certain things that we're on and we got to be grateful for them and understand that we're not in control of them. And like, I don't know what it is. I mean, like some people don't believe in like, you know, like the universe or God or like some supreme power, or they just think everything is just like chaos and it just happens the way it happens. Yeah. But like, if it's chaos, it's chaos. And so things happen the way they happen. And sometimes things work that are out of your control and sometimes they do. And sometimes they last a long time and sometimes they last a short time. And if you believe that, then that's just chaos. That's chaos theory. That's every, nothing Mm -hmm. means anything. Everything's random. Fine. Or you can say like, you can believe more in the divine that there's like purpose and that there's God or, or universal energy directing things and it has a path for you. And so your path is, um, to not have this thing for as long, because for whatever reason, you need to learn this lesson in life because your life is more than that, or it needs to go for a long time for you for whatever other reason, regardless of how you look at it, at the end of the day, it doesn't change the fact that there's certain things that we're in control of and we're not in control of. Because if, even if it's chaos or even if it's God or the universe, we don't control God or the universe. We don't control chaos. We, we simply have to deal with the fact that the world is a big moving thing, much more than ourselves. And that we have 
only to respond to it and do our best to deal with it from, I'd say, which is a somewhat winning attitude and to look at it and go like, when these things happen, am I going to allow this event that is out of my control to defeat me? Or am I going to look at this event and, and look at it as a way to help me? And Mm -hmm. we really can do one of two things with everything. And like we had on our last talk, there is no real on the fence. It's like, well, it kind of hurts me. It kind of helps me. No, it's like one or the other. You either believe this hurts you or it helps you. And you can take everything and you can look at it that way. And, and I think that we would all benefit more from looking at how every event that we are out of control of helps us because that will help us respond. But if we look at how events hurt us and we get too focused on that, I think what happens is we start to create diminished responses to events. Now, I want to say one caveat to this. Sometimes you're in an abusive situation, a toxic situation, a situation that's not good for your health. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're in an environment where it's as simple as you're not eating well. You can look at that and go, okay, this not eating well, or this not eating well for a certain amount of time has not been good for me. You can, you know, that's been hurting me, but now what's good about it is that I'm aware of it. Or you might be in a relationship that's like physically, emotionally, mentally abusive that during the time you were in it, I'm not saying that that was good. Um, that was probably toxic and not good. But the fact that you are aware that it's toxic and not good is good. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And so we always need to try to find the silver lining in life because, you know, I think we have the power in ourselves to, um, re- realize amazing potential and amazing experience of life, or we can literally destroy our experience of life. And it's really on us to kind of be responsible with the story we're telling about it all. Yeah. And so when it comes to being out of control, I think, you know, like acceptance is so important that where you don't make being out of control a bad thing, like we're just, it's just life. We're just out of control. Like it's, it's not bad nor good, but if you need to look at it at one way or the other, as opposed to neutral, like look at it as good, you might as well, you know? to, to just bring in just like sure. to more understand how out of control certain things are. Um, there's all sorts of different places where we can, we can look to, um, to see how, how, how it's, it, there's a, a futility in the whole thing. Um, one of the things is, uh, is prison. The amount of drugs and contraband that are smuggled into prisons, like maximum penitentiary prisons. Like you would think the most, some of the most fortified controlled environments that you could possibly think of. And yet there's a flow of stuff that like they try to keep out that is constantly coming in. So this like, do you understand where I'm taking this it's a little like bit? How much, control. how much control is there? Like even, even within our, our society, even in, within our most controlled environments, there's still a degree which, well, there's no control. Well, cause people aren't black and white. I mean, like that's the thing is like, you know, we have police officers, we have guards, we have all this stuff and they're people. And like, we, we try to live in a society where we can deal with people as though they're black and white. You know, I, I think like, when it comes to decisions, 
you're in or you're out. You did it or you didn't do it. It happened or it didn't happen. You know, it's not like there's no real gray area there, but when it comes to people and it comes to labeling, there is no label. Like, you know, like at what point does the criminal become the enforcer or come become the protector? Like, Mm -hmm. like people are very, um, we, we have such massive range. I mean, the same person, like, and they say this, you know, the brighter, the light, the darker, the shadow, the, the, the greater capacity you have to do good and, and be good in the world is the same capacity you have to do darkness. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, one reflects the other in many ways. And so like you have, uh, you know, you take a scenario like that and like, you know, you try, you you try to control all the components. There's so many moving components in this prison that the, the structure, the infrastructure, the, even the penalties that are in place don't, don't stop certain things from happening because you got it, you know, in at least in a lot of prisons, a lot of the times it's the guards or it's someone like that. Who's actually sneaking in the contraband and has some kind of little side business going, Yeah. you know, and, you know, and there's no way to like really currently, I mean, maybe one day they're going to try to figure it out, but like, you know, we keep trying to get control and I think control is good. We should keep trying to push the boundary of where we are actually in control. I mean, I don't think, you know, drugs and contraband should be sneaked into prison. I mean, I think if we can, uh, limit the capacity of that happening and kind of, you know, draw a better line. Great. I don't know if it could ever be fully stopped or not, even if they put cameras everywhere and all mm. of this stuff. I mean, you know, who's going to monitor, how are they going to tell someone will figure out how to beat the system? You know what I'm saying? But like, I think what we, what we, we need to push our boundaries of where we are in control, but we also need to be like more honest about where we're out of control. Because I think sometimes by pushing the boundaries of where we're in control, we start to try to control things we don't actually control. And you know, the the term control freak, Mm -hmm. I mean, control freaks in my experience. Um, and when I have been kind of a control freak in my life, it's not pleasant. It's not good. I mean, it's, 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 it's constantly frustrating. I mean, you're constantly frustrated that people aren't doing what you want them to do. You're constantly like out of control, trying to be like, no, things should be this way. And you're fighting for like shoulds. And it's like, like at a certain point, hopefully you wake up and go, okay, it should be, but it isn't. Reality is that it is not that way. Yes. I get that you want it to be that way and that that's the rule and that's what people should do. Yeah that's what we agreed on, but it doesn't mean that people will do it, yeah. you know, cause we don't control that. I've, I've heard, um, <laughs> stress is, uh, stress is resisting what is. Mm. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. And like, what is, is something you're not in control of. Yeah. Other than acceptance, which actually kind of weirdly gives you enough control over what is. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting because you know, the whole thing with, you know, you said like at one point in your time, I think everybody has had a point where they eat some humble pie. And, uh, I love humble pie. Do you? I do. Like <laughs> I, for it, it feels like there's, there's a little while when, when, when it's just like, you don't want to, you don't want to eat this pie, <laughs> but then you actually eat the pie and then you go, holy shit. 
this is actually pretty good pie Mm. because there's something so good about it. Like there's something because at least in my experiences is like when you hit that, like that point, there's some like profound sense of clarity that comes out of it. That comes out of the humble pie experience. Like there's just like, it's like almost for me, it's like, it's like almost as fast as I've hit the bottom I'm like, I'm like suddenly like rocketing back up because I'm just going, Oh my God, I can't keep doing it like this anymore. That's free. I can't yeah. fucking do it like this. I'm not going to fucking do this anymore. This is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And you just go like, Whoa, it's like the lights come on and you go like, Holy shit. And now you're like on a whole new trajectory. Yeah. I, I hear you there. You know, I think that it, like, that's the, that's the part that's hard about the, like eating humble pie, you know, becoming more humble is it's hard to accept at first, but there are way more benefits to being, to finding humility and like humility, humility is, I actually think the backbone of confidence because without humility, it's arrogance. You're arrogant. Like you, you just don't like, if you don't believe you can die, if you think you're invincible, if you're walking around like your shit doesn't stink and that everything else is just, you're just better than everybody. Yeah. I mean, that's just arrogance. You know, that's, that's bullshit. And arrogance takes a lot of energy too. Yeah. Cause it's not, it's not really based on anything. You're not in reality. Yeah. And And you're going to deal with a lot of issues and you've got to maintain a certain sense of yourself, a certain image of yourself out into the world. Um, your ego within areas. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very much your ego has to, has to maintain a very high projection. Right. Um, in which case, like everything is threatening you all the time. Everything is a threat. Every interaction, every job meeting, every project is a threat. And so, and so I don't know, maybe some people thrive in that kind of thing where it's just like, but I don't know. It just seems a little too squirrely for me in terms of well, how you to don't, go about things. It does now because you, you know better. Like, I mean, when you don't know better, it, it seems like the only way to do things. Yeah. I mean, I, I like, I mean, I've got to, I've got to show up and people have to think this of me at all times. So I'm just going to act like this all the time and blah, 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 blah. And, and like, that's just, I don't know. Like it's again, it's, it's so much energy. Yeah, so much energy that exactly, you've got to put into now that. that you've, and that's the, that's the good thing about having the humble pie is because now you realize how much energy you were wasting on, on image and on ego. Right. Yeah. And, and by the way, I want to say this, like, you know, to our audience is that everybody is arrogant until they're not Yeah. like everybody's arrogant. We're all so, so arrogant. Like when we're young, I mean, we like, we, we just have no grasp on reality. Yeah. I mean, humility is a grasp on your humanness is a grasp on your reality. It's a grasp on you in relation to the world. You know, yeah. it's seeing that you have effects. It's seeing that, you know, that life matters, that people can die. I mean, when you're a little kid, like, it, 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 you know, some people experience humility a little early, like, especially cause they lose loved ones and stuff like that. But like, for the majority, I mean, we don't really start losing people until we get a little bit older. And that's when we start realizing that like things can go away, Yeah, you know? And, um, yeah. I mean, and that's an interesting sort of thing to get into. My, my dad used to always say to me and my brother, it's like when we were younger, he'd be like, I know you guys think you're 10, f- 10 feet tall and bulletproof. <laughs> and I never quite understood what he 
what he meant by that mm-hmm. exactly. And, and, and I do now, and it's just, yeah, it's the sense of invincibility, you know, which, yeah, there, there's a certain kind of arrogance that, that comes out of it. It's like, I'm going to live forever and, you know, like, and everything is great all the time. Right. Uh, and you know, that's, that's kind of a fun existence for a while, but the thing is, is that, yeah, there, there comes a point where, I mean, and it's not that like I knew people who, who died young when I was a young age and, and it's a shock, but it was a shock in a different kind of a way because at least for me in my experience, it was always a thing of like, well, it's, this is a rare thing. And, you know, it, and a lot of the times, you know, and justly so it was like, you, you go, it's like, well, and this is preventable. The way that this happened was preventable. Something could have been done. This didn't have to, decisions were made, you know, and especially with, when people are younger, you know, there's like a lot of those things are, are tragic in the sense there, there are accidents. There are like, it's a mistake that occurred that led to it. And it's still tragic. Um, but there's a way in which I find that at that time I was still kind of, um, insular to, to all of it. You know, I kind of, there was a protective sort of little bubble, but then when you start to get older and people start to go and it's for things where you go like, what could have really been done about this really could there, there was no real different choices that could have been made. Mm -hmm. You know, this was just something that seems like it's going to happen. And that's a hard thing to like when, when that, when that thought, when that really, that whole notion really creeps into your mind and into your body and into your emotions that there are, these things that happen that there's no control over mm-hmm. anymore. Cause when you're younger, you feel like there's a control over it. There's a lot. And then you get older and there's things come up that you're like, there's no control over this. These things happen. Yeah. Um, and that's like, and that's a, that's a system shock. Like, at least for me, like that, that was a system shock and it makes you like, yeah, you, it's, it is a bit of a humble pie thing and it's a little bit scary, mm-hmm. you know, but at the same time, there's a valuable piece of wisdom in the whole thing about like not taking things for granted. You know, you really start to learn true gratitude and being thankful for, for the things in your life and, and starting to learn where you do have control over things in your life. You know, maybe you don't have control over what's going to happen to everybody as the years go on, but you do have control over going to see your friends and your family or picking up the phone. And and like you, I have some control. Actually, you know, even the seeing people, you don't even have control over that, you know, but, but you, you have can, control over going to, yeah, to try to see them, to try to see them. You can, you, you can make the call, making the make, effort. You can make the effort. You, yeah. you know, you, you begin to do these things and, and find where you have some influence. And, and, uh, I don't, this is a bit of almost, it's somewhat related, I suppose. No, but, I think it's related. I mean, kind of like, you know, I was pointing out, you know, before we kind of got into this is like the, the humility, the arrogance and the confidence. I mean, I think, the, I think the stages of progression are arrogance, 
humility, confidence. And you have to go through that stage because arrogance is, is like a false confidence. It's not real, but if you add in humility and you can still build up that same kind of belief, you know, that same kind of um, willingness with a sense of humility, you actually have confidence. I mean, because arrogance is just like without awareness. It's like you're arrogant because you don't recognize the, you, you don't recognize the gratitude or the appreciation or the value of what this actually means. I mean, you know, um, it, you know, it's it, like with humility, like if you go and do something knowing you could be hurt, but you do it as well as someone who does it not knowing they were like from a, from a personal, like how much you have to evolve as a person is so much more. I think like there's, yeah. I think there's a, there's definitely an avoidance in our society about humility. Like people are very like hesitant to want to, to, to learn humility. I mean, we, we resist it. We fight it because it's like, ignorance is kind of bliss in a certain way. Like being arrogant is kind of easier, but like, I think there's a lot of consequences that come with arrogance and we wouldn't necessarily like them if we knew what they were. Yeah. Some being that we may hurt other people or cause destruction in the world. But like you said, you brought something up earlier. You talked about how humility brings a certain gratitude. And I think that's, that's true. I mean, like, you know, when you realize that you can lose something, you realize the value of it. You know, like when you realize that it's not just something you can take for granted, that it's just, you can have a replaceable or you can just, you know, have it. Like when you realize that something is important and can be lost forever, Mm. you can have a real appreciation for that. When something is one of a kind, there's a certain kind of you know, appreciation for that. That's part of humility. Humility is also realizing that you're one of a kind. Yeah. You know, when you're arrogant, like, or when a person is arrogant, like when I've been arrogant, it's, it's weird because you don't there, like, I never had the gratitude with the arrogance. I never had the appreciation, you know, humility has taught me to be grateful, but it's taught me how to actually have real confidence, Yeah. you know, and it's also taught me how to be I believe a better person in the world and to be better to, you know, the people I'm around in my environment and just my whole impact. Yeah. Um, and I've had to build real courage, you know, I mean, it's really easy to be fearless when you're young and you haven't built anything in your life and you, you know, you have nothing to lose. I mean, that's easy. That's fucking easy. You know, when I hadn't built anything and like, I had nothing really to lose. Yeah. Like it's easy. Go, go out and fucking jump out of a plane and go do stuff. But after you've built stuff and you've, you've put time and effort and you've invested and you've educated yourself and you've built relationships with people who care about you, or you, uh, I don't have children, but you have people around you who would, you know, would really like miss you if you were gone. And you're really connected to that because mm-hmm. you know what it's like to lose someone. Cause you know what it's like when someone, you know, when you have that and you can build a mindfulness with your willingness to go out and, and do the things you do, it's a much richer experience. And I think like, you know, we're, we're kind of onto this humility thing, but I think what humility does is it teaches you to be a little bit more in reality. Yeah. I mean the, the humility, I think this came out of because humility teaches you about where you have control and where you don't. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and it can, it can sometimes be a bit of a rude awakening 
in that sense. But I've also heard it said that humility is the, um, deepest is the deepest love with existence. The deepest love with existence. Yeah. Something like that. Humility is the deepest love with existence. It's funny that you um, said that. I mean, cause I think that only with humility can we actually love ourselves or others because like when you're arrogant, especially if you don't have any humility, there is no love with arrogance because yeah. arrogance is everything will be forever. Everything is replaceable. Nothing can get hurt, damaged, whatever invents like all that stuff. I mean, there is no love. Like, like part of love is gratitude. It's, it's appreciation. It's value, you know, and, and arrogance with it arrogance carries not very, very little value. It has very, um, I would say arrogance is, is somewhat inconsiderate. It's a lot inconsiderate. There's a lot. It doesn't <laughs> take into consideration. Right. Um, and so oftentimes it lacks a lot of compassion and empathy. Uh, it's interesting as we've been having this conversation, it's like, I'm like, Oh, this is kind of like, you know, like arrogance, because I don't know if I necessarily agree with you in, in that arrogance isn't real confidence. I think, I think that there are people who are very arrogant, who it's a very real confidence. It is a very real confidence, but the only problem with it is when the first thing knocks you down Hmm. because arrogance is a type, it it is a confidence and it's a very real one until you get the rug taken out from underneath you. In which case, like you're so unprepared for that your face comes smashing into the concrete. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, And you go like, holy shit, what just happened to me? And, and it's like those, um, you know, a lot of those old, like, uh, like Kung Fu movies or, or something where there's the master, right? There's the young, you know, the young warrior who meets the, the old master and they're coming in and they're flying and they're like bringing like the fire and they're so like, and then you just see this master who's like, just like slowly making these like very subtle moves and like this pert and this young warrior can't even hit them. And then the master with like one small move, just like takes their feet out from underneath them. You know, that's the difference between real confidence and arrogance, right? Like it's, that's what it's all built upon. It's like the arrogance gets swept away very easily. I think, you know, I think you're, you're, you're right. And it gets frustrated too. Totally. I mean, there's, there's a lot more growth that needs to be done when a confident arrogance is kind of swiped up from under you. But there's also, there's, I guess, another form of arrogance as well, which is, um, fake it till you make it kind of arrogance where it's Mm. like, I'm pretending to be confident, you know, where I'm going to behave as though I believe in myself in, in truth, I don't. Um, but yeah, I, I think sometimes you can have, I'd almost, you know, I'd almost call it like an ignorant confidence. It's like, confidence that's, that, that doesn't really stand on much. Like if you take the thing it stands on, like, for example, like, you know, I've seen this with, uh, I've seen this with athletes or with people with a lot of money, take away all their money, watch them now. Like how confident are they now that they Mm. don't have all these resources? Their confidence was only a byproduct of something else that was not them. And so, you know, um, all of a sudden you take that away, you take their position away, you take their money away, you take their thing away. And all of a sudden now 
you know, what are they, right? Because they, they were only strong because of those things. Whereas I think true confidence is when you're confident, regardless of your material situation, regardless of your physical situation, what you have or don't have in your life. And you become very unshakable with Mm -hmm. like true confidence. I think arrogant confidence, like you're saying, it's like, you can be, you can be shook, you can be rocked, you know? And like, I think, um, that's part of humility, you know, is like, and, and, I, and I, I'm not saying there's some people that are, everybody is like, everybody's a little bit arrogant. So like for me, at a certain point in my life, like I got, you know, I got shook and I was like, okay, well I was, my confidence was derived from this, not from, not because I had actually built it in me, but because mm-hmm. these things gave me permission to feel whatever. And, um, I think that's the great thing about humility is because humility gives you the opportunity. And I'm not saying everybody does it, but it gives you the opportunity to build real confidence, like to actually have self love from a place of like, it doesn't matter what my financial or success situation is. I can believe in myself and believe in who I am, regardless of how my life looks, you know? And I think that that's a real internal strength. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and I think, I think if you're not, it, you know, I think sometimes it's hard. We get caught up in the external world, the external results, but like at the end of the day, I mean, all we really have is an internal experience. And I think that's why humility and confidence are ultimately so valuable. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think control and acceptance are very closely related to those things and why they're so important to start to drive. And I think that, um, when you start to take on understanding where you're in control and where you're not, you, you don't have to eat such a, such a big piece of humble pie mm-hmm. all the time, because you, 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 you know, you, you're a little more in check with your arrogance without having to learn it the hard way. I think when we like control freaks, someone who is a control freak has to eat a lot of humble pie at some point in their life because, you know, or they don't, or they're just going to pretend to stick to their guns and say, people should do this. And they're just going to be super frustrated and upset. And they're usually very angry people when they don't get what they want. I found, you know, they're very frustrated all the time, Yeah, you know, but like when, if you, if you like control in your life, start learning where to draw that line Yeah, and start learning where acceptance, you know, can come into play. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, acceptance is the recognition and then you know, willingly and voluntarily having your humble pie. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're being like, Oh, I've, I know this and I'm just going to eat it. Yeah. I'm just going to eat it. I'm going to nod it. I'm going to eat it. All right. Great. As opposed to, you know, being like force fed <laughs> to eat the humble pie. Right. And just like resisting it the whole way through and causing yourself a whole ton of discomfort right out of the whole process. Right. Cause I don't know if we ever necessarily ever stop eating humble pie. No, I, think I think that it's a lifelong thing. I think it's a lifelong thing. You just thing. learn to like it. Like, yeah, you know, you learn to like it and you learn to realize that it's like, Oh no, this is a good thing. Yeah. I know it might look bad. It looks kind of like garbage from the outside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it doesn't look like something I want to eat, but when I actually eat it, it's actually not so bad. <laughs> in fact, it's, it's actually, <laughs> someone's going to be like in the comments are like, so where is this humble pie? Where do I buy? Yeah, where do it's I like- buy this humble pie? <laughs> where is uh, this humble pie? Funny. Okay. Well, tell what? me, tell me about the beer, sir. Well, you tell me first about the beer right. in terms of what you think about it. 
Well, it's nice and light and smooth. Um, it seems like it's a lager to me. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's smooth. It's refreshing. Um, it's good. It's a nice, like kind of spring summer beer. Um, it feels, it's like a little bit like, it's like one of those beers that I feel like on a hot day, I could probably just like drink it back a lot and not really notice it, um, as much because it's not like, I mean, it's flavorful, yeah. but it's not like one of our like heavy flavor beers. Yeah. It's more like, a it, it, it's, it's more like a beer beer, which is like, you know, almost like, uh, and I, <laughs> not, I don't want to say this like, it's a bad thing. It's a little bit more like generic in, in comparison to like a lot of the craft beers we've been having yeah. recently. It's a little bit more like, um, for me, like a little bit like, yeah, it's like a lager. It's like, if it's cold, it's better. Um, and it's kind of like, I can drink it, not think too much about it. And for the most part, that's kind of how I experience it. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean this one, I figured it was going to be a pretty easy, easy drinker. This is from, uh, Dones. This is Dones. Yeah. Dones craft brewing company. And this is the Kolsch. Oh, the Kolsch. Oh yeah. 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 It's a German ale. Uh, so yeah, like it is similar to, to a lager. Um, yeah, yeah, Kolsch, yeah, right. But, uh, meant to be, uh, enjoyed as a, as a light, light beverage. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, cause it's, it, it did seem a little bit more malty and like, uh, yeah, that's good. Awesome. Yeah. I like their, uh, their, their logo. Well, I'm or enjoying their, it. I'm a label on here. I'm going to have, have a little more of it, I think. Yeah, absolutely. There is extra. So let's, let's talk these, uh, <laughs> talk these guys up. So we, so, okay. We talked a lot about arrogance. We talked a lot about humility and, uh, and all of that. Let's kind of talk about like where, when we talked a bit about acceptance, I mean, in, in that respect. So I think maybe like, it's a good time to like, you know, bring a lot of this back and, and figure out like how to, you know, how to take, like, where, where do we, where do we take all this stuff? Um, you know, and, uh, you know, and figure out like, what do we do with the fact that, okay, now I'm like drawing a, a more clear line in my life about where I'm out of control, where I'm in control and how do I apply this? Um, I mean, I'll start, I'd say one of the first and most important lessons that you can do in life is accept that you do not control any other person. Yeah. You simply do not control what any other person will do. And I would say, you know, some people are going to have to learn this lesson the hard way, but you'll save yourself a lot of pain and agony and (laughs) frustration if you just embrace that. Yeah. Because even if you put somebody in prison, you, you still don't control them. I mean, you can, you can scare people into doing what you want. You can, you know, people can, can basically appease you. And, and, but like, do you want a life where you just like scare everybody and you, and like you, you, everybody does things against their will just to like, you know, not upset you. Yeah. And, and here's the downside. I mean, some people might say, yeah, yeah, I want that. I just want what I want. Well, here's the other downside is that no one would ever, you'll never experience anyone ever choosing you. You'll never experience any form of love from another person because they'll all be there out of, uh, fear of you, a fear of your 
of your reaction, a fear of being hurt. They're not there for you. They're there out of self-preservation. Yeah. And it has really like, and when they get the opportunity to escape, when they get the opportunity to get rid of you, they probably will take it because you know, you've cornered them into a position. And I think sometimes, and here's, I just want to put a little, a little salt in the wound on this one. (laughs) If you're in a relationship that you've a romantic one where you've controlled the person and they're just scared of you and they do as you tell them to do, but they just do it because they're scared. When they go off and find someone else or they cheat on you or leave you, don't be surprised. You created an environment where the first opportunity that something presented themselves where they could get out safely, they're going to take it. And I, yeah, I think that they should because no human being should be controlled by another. No human being should, should live their life under fear of someone else. And you know, if, if, if that's how, if that's how you're living your life, then you're really the antagonist in the story. You're the bad guy, you know? And so I think like, humility teaches us how to be the hero. You know, that's the number one thing they say in screenwriting. Your, your, your protagonist is on a humility arc. Mm. Your protagonist needs to learn humility. That's how they're going to overcome the story. And if they don't, it's a tragedy. That's that, that is story since Shakespeare, since forever, since the Bible. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. I mean, take it even further and before. It's, yeah. And it's, like the, it's, the, the, the old Greek tales and stuff yeah, like that. Exactly. It's, it's, it's humility. So like, you know, so I would say like this talk has a lot to do with control and acceptance, but also the, the line between humility and arrogance as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think like once you embrace humility, you actually start to get things in your life that are they just take less effort. I mean, people choose to be around you because they want to, not because they have to. And, um, you know, you might experience life a little bit differently. I think also like people become jaded and they're like, Oh, you can't trust anybody. You can't do this. And it's like, well, you can't trust them because you created an environment where you were controlling them. They couldn't really trust you. And now that they went and like, you know, did the thing they did. Now I'm not saying like what, it's like sometimes people do shitty things to each other, but often like, um, people just try to get away from situations where they feel controlled or they feel scared. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing is, is what we got to learn how to do is kind of to like not try to control people and worry more about ourselves and how we're being. I think that's one of the big lessons about control and acceptance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I think the big thing in this whole idea of control is, I mean, it comes back down to a very simple thing of we can only control our own actions and our own responses. Like that's, that's really it. We don't control anybody else's responses. We don't control the results of our actions. Um, we have no way of, of ensuring any of these things. We might have ideas of where, you know, and sometimes they're based on, on an educated guess or out of our experience, something that, okay, this is usually goes this way, Mm. but not always. I mean, this podcast has has taught me. It's like, I don't know where this is going to go. I have some ideas sometimes where I think it might go. And then I'm completely blown away that it goes on a completely different tangent. Right. 
Um, uh, and that's how it goes. And that's just how it goes. And that's, that's and just how it goes. So it's like, so yeah, like I, I, I'm going to just reiterate this again by trying to control the things you don't have control over. You are, you are making the, the work and the effort and whatever it is that you have to do, like five times fucking harder than it has to be. Absolutely. You're just, you're just making it like you're at least doing twice the work. Yeah. At at the very least (laughs) you're doing twice the work than what is actually required. And that's not just from a physical standpoint, but that's from like, that's, that's all of your energy. That's your mental energy. That's your emotional energy. Um, and the moment you start to delegate all of these things and start to realize like, you know, take, look at the things that you're doing right now in your life and your career, the things that you have, um, put as being important to you to do, right? The things that you're trying to achieve in your life, your, your goals, your aims, your dreams, what, whatever, look at what those things are and look at each of them and see where you actually have control. How, like how, to what extent do you have control over this? Cause usually we have a certain amount in each one of them. You should have a certain amount in which you have control over. And then there's a whole other section to it there that you have none. It'll like each and every single one of them will, will reflect a certain aspect of it. So you're going to find that it's like, okay, I actually, in this thing that I want to do, I can do this, this, and this. And that's about, that's about it. The rest of it, I is beyond me. And then you can let it go. You can completely let all of that other shit go. Right. And so it's like, Oh, all right. So now I only actually have to do this. Yeah. Now you only have to do that that's it. The rest of it isn't up to you. You know, there's a talk right now. It's going and being passed around on Facebook, um, and just social media and stuff where a guy talks about happiness. And I've heard this comment before from other mediums and other like, you know, mentor guru type people, but like, um, that happiness is simply experience your life aligning the way you want it to go. That's Mm. all happiness is. It's just simply when it goes the way that I want it to go, I feel happy. And then when it goes, when it doesn't go the way I don't, I want it to go, I feel angry. And when it can't go the way I want it to go, I feel sad. Mm. So that's why, that's why when people die, we feel sad because we can't bring them back to life. No matter what you do right now, we can't do it. It's over. Right. And so we feel sad. And that's sadness. Sadness is Mm. I can't do anything. So I'm sad now. Anger is I want it to be different. So I'm going to rev myself up and I'm going to get angry about it. And maybe my emotion, maybe my anger will help change it, which is often quite misguided as we know. Sometimes every now and then like anger is good in the sense that it's good to feel. It's good to use it to maybe feel yourself. Uh, obviously not executed always very well. Happiness is simply that the world's going the way I want it to go. I feel great. So, um, control and acceptance have a lot to do with this because yeah. someone who's a control freak often feels quite angry. And you'll, you, you know, you see this because or quite sad or quite sad. 
Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it's, and I mean, I've been, I know what it's like to, to really want to make something happen. I can't, and it's fucking, I get frustrated and I, and, I, and frustration, they'll call, usually call it frustrated. You know, yeah. um, you know, you feel, frustrated is just another term for anger though. But yeah. it's like, I'm frustrated because I, but you're, tr- but I'm trying to control something I don't control and cannot control. And so, you know, um, especially, you know, with people, that's why you got to like, let go of what people do because you don't control that. You know yeah. what I mean? And like, um, you know, if you, and if you are in reality and have humility about where, t- where you control and where you're in acceptance, you'll experience more happiness, which is ultimately the, you know, a much joyful life because you go, well, things aren't going the way I want, but I don't control that. So like, that's okay. You know what I mean? I can be happy still, even though my world isn't aligning the way I want, because I understand that it's like, but I don't control that. Whereas like, I can look at where I'm, where I do control. And if I feel anger and I go, well, I'm in control of that. I can like the only anger that needs to be is maybe at myself. And so I can take that fuel and I can, I can do what I can control. But like, but you can use anger in, in like a healthy way in like what I'd call the warrior way, you know, where the warrior uses the anger as like a, a courage or a, a fire, you know, yeah. but not like a destructive force. But I think when you're out of control and you don't know that you become a destructive force because you start to try to get people to do things that you don't control. And then all you really do is you get them like to resist and yeah. they want to do it less. And right? <laughs> we've all seen through history what happens to dictators. Totally they get strung up from trees, man. <laughs> Straight up. Yeah. That's Mussolini. Um, <laughs> just, just to name one. Um, yeah. Cause people hate them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there was something that I wanted to, I want to throw in here. Um, but it's not going to come to me right away. So well, that's there okay. you go. Oh no, no, no. Here it is. Okay. Right. I, I want to just try and bring this back a little bit around to artistry and why, like, why is this important for us? I mean, I think that there, it's somewhat evidently clear for like in your life. It's like, yeah, like it, by removing the things out of your mind and out of your attention that you don't have control over, you know, can lead to a little bit hap- a little bit more happiness you know, a little bit less stress, a little bit more peace in like your sense of well-being in your life. Um, directly to, to artists, not stressing out about the things that you don't actually have control over leads to a lot of freedom, more creative freedom by letting go of the shit you don't have control over. Right. You can, you have a lot more room to create, to express because you have, you have so much, again, it's, it's, it really is mental energy that's going into something that's completely unnecessary. Now that mental energy is going into the things that you do have the control over, which is what is this song you're going to write? What is this next painting you're going to paint? What is this next performance that you're going to give? Right? Like what, like, what is this thing that, that, that I'm going to do now? Because I do have control over this. I do have control over what I'm going to put myself into. What is this? What is this? Um, you know, and, and whatever else it, it might be, what is this? 
um, you know, this new book that I'm going to read that, you know, might give me some inspiration. It might not. You don't necessarily have control over that either, but I'm going to read this book. It looks interesting. I'm going to take this course. I'm going to go on this retreat. I'm going to, you know, I, you can refocus all of this energy into stuff that you do have control over. Mm. And within that, I think you'll find more inspiration. You'll find more joy. You'll find more freedom and, and just the, your ability to create is going to, to start opening up Mm. because it's not being weighed down by a bunch of shit that has no business being there in the first place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I think, um, I, 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 we kind of touched on it is like when you try to control stuff, you don't, you expel a lot of energy. And I think that it's exhausting. Um, and I think that, you know, as over the course of this conversation and just all, all today and this week and whatever I've been working on is I've been realizing that that's, that's kind of what has worn me down is this exhaustion of trying to control things that I don't and not accepting that I'm not in control around certain things. And I think this is, you know, I think that I I get it. I mean, I think there's a desire to want to be in control of more that we're in control of because Mm -hmm. I mean, I want to make certain things happen and, and I would, you know, but like in a certain way, I kind of have to look at it and go, okay, well I can control things up to a certain point and then I don't control it. You know, like I was supposed to do a meeting, um, this week and it was scheduled for Monday and it was with three people. And then one person said, Oh, I can't now. I can't do that time because you know, blah, blah, blah reason. So then I said, okay, that's fine. Let's do it. And I, you know, and as I'm trying to meet with these people, um, they, you know, I'm like, okay, well, here's a location and here's a time and here's a day. And then the, the, the next time the next person didn't, doesn't get back until like the last minute. So I respond to that. And then the other person says, well, I can't meet at that time. So I'm looking at this and I'm going, okay, I don't control whether these people meet me at the time, the location, the whatever. But what I do control is in my next communication back to them, I'm going to say, look, we're either, we're not having this meeting or your next response is I'm available this time on these days. And yes, we can do this place or here's another place, but like, don't respond back to me again saying I can't do something to me. That gives me nothing. Now I, Mm -hmm. now they can, they can not respond. But my thing is like, look, if you respond again without like an option, just no, I can't do that let's just not have the meeting. I don't, I don't really give a shit. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like there's a certain point where it's like, I'm not going to fight you on it. I'm going to be happy here. You know, like I I don't control whether you do it, but like you're entrepreneurs, you're supposed to know how to figure out life. You know what I mean? Like you run businesses (laughs) and you can't figure out how to put a meeting together. Either you don't want the meeting or you're not putting in the effort. So either put in the effort or we're not doing the meeting. I don't care. Mm -hmm. Because the thing is, is like, you know, you gotta, and I think this is the other thing too, is like when it comes down to control and acceptance, the other thing that I want to say, and this is the one thing I want to make sure people walk away with, this is the most valuable practical step I can give you. You have to value yourself Hmm. because if you do not, you will experience, in my opinion, a certain amount of the world kind of, not that they are, but you'll experience, I think a certain amount of the world walking over you a little, because 
people, people don't have to do what you ask them to do. They don't have to, but you need to be clear about what you want from them. And so I look back at this situation. I don't blame these people. I mean, there's this part of me that assumes that since they're entrepreneurs, they should figure out and know how to schedule a meeting properly. Like, I mean, it seems pretty obvious to me. Like ever since I was a little kid, like when I would talk to my friends and say like, what do you want to do today? You know, I would be like, we could do this. We could do this. We could do this. We could do this. And then if someone said no to all of them, I'd be like, okay, what's your option? Like, don't just tell me, no, come up with an, another option that's yeah. better than that. If you're going to say no, and I'm doing all the work to create options then figure that out. But like, to me, that seems so obvious. Yeah. And I think as an entrepreneur, if you want to make anything happen in the world, just as a human being, you, if you're going to say no to something, either say no, not at all, or no, here's another option. Mm-hmm. But like people might not take your other option. They might not give you another option, but you, 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 you got to look at it as like an assist. You know what I mean? Like, cause there's a, there's a, it's very like, usually things were out of control. Usually that other person is out of control just as much as we are. Mm-hmm. Like they're out of control as much as I'm out of control. Cause we're trying to get three people to have a meeting who are all busy entrepreneurs. Yeah. Right. So like, you know, I look at it and I go, okay, well, there's an easy way to resolve this. There's a simple, clear way. And because none of us are in control of the situation, clearly let's create parameters that make it a little bit more in control. You know what I mean? But we all have to agree on that. So, you know, and I, I think this is the, this is the thing is like, we need to learn where we have input and where we can influence. And this is the hard, this is the hard line because you control only you, your responses, your actions, your doings, your thing, mm-hmm. everything else that is outside of you, you are totally out of control. But that does not mean that you don't have influence over it. And I think where, yeah. where people need to first define those two things and get really clear on that and just be very clear. And then you can start to play in the gray area of where do I influence? Yeah. And don't put pressure on yourself about influence do your best that you can put your best foot forward to influence, but understand that you don't control the result and you can learn how to better influence. You can learn how to better interact with people. You can be clearer, but like still I can send this message back and say, look, if you're going to say no to a meeting, give me another option or two other options or give us all some options so that we can say this later. Like don't just, this, this isn't like, you know, and that's part of me valuing myself and going, look, my time's valuable too. Like I'm not here. Like, I mean, I, I feel like right now the way these people are treating me is as though like I'm daddy and they're the kids and I got to fucking <laughs> take care of everything. Yeah. It's like, no, like we're all in on this together. So part of my job is kind of throwing the ball into their court and saying, look, I can meet on these days at these times this week. When can you meet here? You know, it's, it's that simple. It's not, yeah. like, don't just say no to a meeting option. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I think that in life you can start to teach your, your environment and your people to say no, but this, no, but we can do this. Like yeah. give me an option. Like either it's, and if it's a no, if it's a straight no, and it's never going to happen and you don't want it to happen, that's fine too. I can take a no, but like, but let's, let's like, you know, let's, let's work together here because that's the other thing too. And I think like 
there's going to be so many things where we're dealing with other people that we have to learn how to better deal with people, you know? And like, yeah, I mean, if you go into an audition, you don't necessarily determine whether they choose you or not, but you're not totally like, it doesn't mean that you're totally out of control either. In some ways you still got to look at like, okay, well, how can I influence this decision? But at the same time, don't put so much pressure on yourself about the influence show up, you know, um, show up and present yourself and do the lines and do the thing, you know, and connect with the people and and do the best you can while you're there. Don't try and don't try and sway their opinion as much as you give them a good solid reason or give them the ability to even cast you. I mean, if you show up, like, I mean, like, like one time there was a, this was a casting director was telling me about an actor that came in and hit the casting director (laughs) or hit the reader or something. And they told them to get out. I mean, once that happens, I mean, you're done. It's Mm -hmm. over. You know what I mean? So like, like there's a certain amount of like, you know, like, you know, if you show up to a dinner party in like jogging pants and a, and a greasy t-shirt and everybody's well-dressed, I mean, there's going to be a certain response. It has an impact on other people. And so like, I want to be clear on this final note that we've really talked a lot about control and acceptance, but also we make impact. We have influence. Yeah. We don't necessarily control what those impacts do or what that influence does, but we can have a good idea that it's either putting it in the right direction or putting it in a direction that we don't want. Yeah. Right. And so be mindful of that as we go about this, because people can just be like, people could walk away from this talk and be like, well, I wasn't in control. It's someone else. It's like, no, it doesn't mean that just cause you didn't control what they did, that you had no impact on the whole scenario. Yes. Like you still, yeah. you still are a player in the play, yeah. you know, and you still had, <laughs> had decisions that, that were made things that were within your control. And it's interesting because part of this conversation, I, I feel like it plays a little bit into our, our last, uh, podcast that we did mm. too, which was about decisions, right? You know, like once things, once we learn where we have control, um, we, we can then decisions open up to us. Yeah. We can make better decisions. We can make better decisions and better responses. Um, so then if you have, I feel like you could do like a little, like part one, part two, listen to like, listen to the prequel to the prequel to this really like, I feel like the, the previous conversation will kind of flesh out some interesting concepts with this one too. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. This has been a, this has been an interesting talk. So like, I I would say like, well, let's leave some people with with what we got. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to probably recap that last point again, but go ahead if there's something you got. Yeah. I, I think we've covered it a few times already today, but you know what? Sometimes you just got to keep on hammering away at it. And it's, um, like really, uh, about assessing where you do have control. I think we've talked about, like, look at the things that you, that you are trying to achieve in your life. The big things that you're moving towards, look at how, how much control you, you have within each of those, um, and let go of the rest. Um, when you learn to let go of the things you don't have control over, when you realize that you don't have control over these things. And then once you're able to let that go, um, it's like so much, uh, your, your life is just going to get so much easier. Like it's just, and simpler. Hmm. Like it's just, there's a lot of clarity that's there. And, um, 
yeah, I think that that's, that's pretty much, that's pretty much about it for me in, in, in this whole thing. Yeah. That's the big standout for me. That's really the big standout for me. And, and, uh, and the stuff about humility as well, that was all really great too. I enjoyed a lot of that, you know, like humility is a, is a great thing to learn, um, in this life and, and arrogance can get you a little ways, but not too far. It'll only take you so far before you get set on your ass. Um, and, uh, humility, humility has a a type of confidence about it once you really embrace it and learn it. And, uh, yeah, that's it. That's it for me. I like this one. (laughs) Well, yeah. Okay. I second a lot of what you said. I mean, and, uh, and it's my recap version of it is, um, as you're drawing the line between where you're in control and where you're out of control, I think it's, it's very simple. What you do, how you react, how you do you is really all you're in control of and and everything else outside of you. Um, unless it's, unless maybe it's an inanimate object that you can physically control, you're not in control of it. You're, you're, you know, it's something that is out of your control. And then really where I think that's the first step. That's like the, the first step is draw the line and really see how that's so in your life and walk around with that. Practice that. Just be like in any situation you're in, be like, okay, I control this, but I don't control that. And just start to draw that line. Then once you have kind of developed a certain amount of clarity between that kind of black and white thinking, then find the gray area, which is like, do I have influence over this or no influence over this? And understand that influence may get you the result, may not get you the result. Influence is like one of those things. No, you can do everything right. And you still might not get the result. Yeah. Control is you can do everything right. And you will get the result for sure because you're in control. Influence is you can do everything right, everything perfect and still Mm -hmm. not get the result. And that's a, that's like kind of stage two of control and find that and start to find that area. Because when you're in influence, you're like, okay, I'm, I can put everything I can into this, but I still recognize that I might not get what I want. And that's a certain type of acceptance. And I think when you start to make deciphering between that, you're going to start to see a certain humility in a gentler way. Um, where you can take bite-sized pieces of this humble, bi- humble pie instead of having the whole thing <laughs> slammed in your face. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Totally. Uh, um, and then, uh, yeah. And so then the, the, the final, final thing I I'd say is just go around and practice this and then maybe listen to the podcast before this, the, the one just before, because it might help you to make some better decisions as you apply these techniques going forward. Totally. Yeah. All right, man. This was cool. This was cool. This was unexpected in a lot of ways, but I should learn to expect the unexpected at this point. Me too. That was our show for today. Thanks a lot for listening and being a part of this. If you enjoyed our conversation, please subscribe and share with your friends and family, or you can learn more and message us at www.thebndpodcast.com. Oh, and make sure to leave a comment and rate us on iTunes. That will really help us out a lot. It definitely will. Thanks.